You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead the Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCreary, your host, and I'm also the leader for the Adult Explore the Bible team. Today, I'm joined by Mike Livingston. He was with us uh, three weeks ago, I believe, and he's going to be sharing with us as today as we look at session nine on our study of Luke from the winter of 2021. And uh, this is going to be Luke chapter five, verses four through 11, 27 through 32. Mike, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm going to just walk through this passage uh, the way we've got it outlined in our resources. We've entitled this first section, Peter, James, and John, where we look at Luke 5, verses 4 through 11. Jesus directed Peter to fish in the deep water after a night without a catch. Peter agreed and brought him an overwhelming catch. He responded, Peter did, by stating that he was a sinner unworthy of being in Jesus' presence. Jesus assured Peter and his business partners, who were James and John, and they declared that they are now to be catchers of people. They left everything and followed Jesus. The main point is there uh, in this particular section is that a believer's past sinfulness does not disqualify him or her from being used by God. Now, let me say this before I move on. Uh, I know there's disagreement over the timing of the encounter between Jesus and the fishermen that are described here in verses 4 through 11. Some encounters appear to be earlier than this one, and others appear to be similar or the same. Um, We don't know the extent of the relationship between Jesus and the fishermen at this time. It's just unclear. Luke doesn't give us any more information of that. Where it gets cloudy is we compare it to other the other gospels. Uh, So we just know that that's that's something there. Uh, If we go down to verses 27 through 28, we find another one of disciples coming into view, and that's Levi. And that's what we've entitled that section is just Levi. Jesus encountered a tax collector named Levi, named Matthew elsewhere, and invites Levi to follow him. This man left everything, and he too begins to follow Jesus. The main point here is that Jesus calls people to follow him. In verses 29 through 32, we've entitled this particular section in our study, Sinners. What happens is Levi then throws a reception for Jesus, and he invites other tax collectors and people who he would know to this meal. Religious leaders see this happening, and they question Jesus eating with a group of social outcasts, people that they viewed as sinners. In response, Jesus compared himself to a doctor going to those who are sick, explaining that he came to call sinners sinners to repentance. The main point here is that believers are to follow Jesus' example by going to those in need of his salvation. So this is the call of Peter, James, John, and Levi. So let me just call attention to a pack item uh, that may be of of assistance here when we're looking at this particular passage, and that's pack item 5 and 12. Pack item 5 just gives a list of all the disciples and a little brief description. Pack item 12 is a chart that lists Uh, the way the disciples are are listed in the four places they're listed. They're listed in Matthew 10, Mark 3, Luke 6, and Acts 1. And the lists are similar but different. The same names are there, but they're listed in a little bit different order. So one thing you may want to do is just show this list 
to the folks in your group and then highlight uh, these, these characteristics. First of all, Simon Peter is always the first one listed in every list. If you go down to the fifth one in the list, Philip is always the fifth person listed. And then James, the son of Alphaeus, is always the ninth person listed. Then in each one of those groups, the order is a little bit different. Sometimes you're going to find under Simon Peter, you're going to find Andrew listed next. Sometimes you're going to find James. Sometimes you're going to find John. But you're always going to find those folks listed together, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And then with Philip, you're always going to find Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, and then Matthew, who's in this study we're looking at today, are always in that second group, but not always in that order with the exception of Philip. And then in the third group, you always find James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and then Judas Iscariot. Now, Judas is always listed last, but now in Acts, you're going to find Matthias because he replaced Judas Iscariot, and, and so it's that spot where he's listed. You're always going to find them in those three groups, but the order is a little bit different. It may tell us a little bit about Simon Peter, Philip, and James, the son of Alphaeus, as being leaders of those particular groups because they always follow the same in the same place in the order. There's other things that you may, may want to point out by the, uh, at this, but um, that's just a quick list of disciples that'll help you get some frame of reference for this particular study. Here we are, Mike, we've got Peter. He responds to Jesus falling down, saying, I'm a sinner. Uh, this obviously kind of carries the idea of, of Isaiah in Isaiah six, where he says, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sinner with unclean lips. How does Peter's response compare to Isaiah's response? Both responses were natural reactions to the uh, manifestation of the presence and power of God. Peter responded to this miraculous catch of fish by falling at Jesus' feet and saying, go away from me, I'm a sinful man. And so, you know, Peter, Peter does two things there. One, he falls at Jesus' feet, uh, which is not by itself an act of worship, but when you look at that, with his confess, confessing his sin, uh, that twofold act of falling down before Jesus and confessing sin points to this being a worshipful, worshipful response. Peter understood that he was in the presence of someone who was worthy of worship. Isaiah, uh, his response was to, to the vision of God on, on his throne and hearing the voice of the Lord. And as you mentioned, he, you know, his, his response was, well, woe is me, I'm ruined, I'm a man of unclean lips, I live among people of unclean lips, because my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of armies. So like Peter, Isaiah felt the weight of his sinfulness in the presence of the Lord. So both, it, it, they're, they're similar in that, in that sense. They, they experience a, 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 an overwhelming manifestation of God's presence and, and, and his power. Uh, but there's a, another um, common denominator here in both Isaiah and Peter, their, their experience resulted in a, a change of direction in their lives. And so it was more than just an emotional response. It was more than just, you know, in the moment they, they reacted emotionally to what they saw or, or uh, heard. Uh, Jesus said to Peter in this, in this instance, okay, from now on, you're going to be catching people. And Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord asking, who, who will I send? Who will go for us? And his response was, here am I, send me. So both encountered, in, this, in their experiences, they both encountered not only you know, a, a vision of, of the majesty and the, and the power and, the, and, and, and presence of God, but they encountered the mission of God. 
and, and, and that tells us, you know, that reminds us that true worship results in mission. So in that sense, in those senses, these are very similar experiences. Moving down to, to Levi uh, or Matthew, where he's called other places, the CSB uses the term tax collector. The King James uses the term publican. Uh, and the Bible skill tells us to kind of look at those two words. Uh, how do we explain the position held by Levi here? Yeah, you know that there are some there are some Bible teachers and some commentators who actually make a distinction here between publican and tax collector, um, and you don't see that a lot. But I, I have run across that in, in a number of places, and, and um, there there are Bible teachers who use the word publican to refer to that small group of wealthy people in Rome who bought the right to collect taxes in a particular district. And then these wealthy men hired others to do the actual work of, for them of going out and collecting the, the taxes. Now, the Greek word that's used is telones and, and older translations translated publican. And that's actually from a Latin term publicus, which just means a public official, a public servant. Uh, so older translations will use the term publican that most newer translations use the you know, translated tax collector, but actually it's, they're, they're the same thing. Publican and tax collector, those terms are synonymous. There's two, two, two ways to translate the same Greek word, but there were levels of rank among tax collectors. So you have people like Zacchaeus, who's called a chief tax collector. And it's the only place in the New Testament where that term is used, chief tax collector. It's the same root word, but just adding a prefix and making him a chief tax collector. So he had some rank over other tax collectors. So these chief tax, tax collectors like Zacchaeus, they had men working under them or working for them under their supervision to do the actual re collecting of monies in the areas where they live. Now, Levi, he, he you know, what we, we see him sitting at the tax office, you know, so he, he's actually, he's, he's doing the work of collecting taxes but at the same time, but you know, all by all indications that he's a very wealthy person, uh, because uh, you know, in this um, account, he hosted a dinner party for Jesus, and uh, he had a house large enough to to host a, a large crowd. The CSB calls it a grand banquet. Uh, he didn't so seem to have much trouble in organizing it either. No, he he didn't. Um, so so we know he was he was a wealthy um, he was a wealthy person by all indication. Um, you know, it, it might be good for us to talk a little bit just about the attitude toward um, tax collectors, because I think that plays a key role in understanding this passage. We know, we know some of the reasons why Jews hated tax collectors. They, tax collectors worked for Rome. They represented Rome. And that alone made them despised. You know, Jews hated them for that reason. But we also know tax collectors um, had a reputation of collecting more than Rome required. Actually, you know, the amount they had to collect was determined by Rome, but anything above that was their profit. And so they charged more than Rome required them, and they had the reputation of, of dishonesty and greed. And, and so that also fueled the Jews' hatred of tax collectors. You know, remember John the Baptist addressed that when he urged tax collectors to gather no more money than they should. The Pharisees, uh, who we see in this, this chapter, they had additional reasons to hate tax collectors. 
It's because tax collectors came in contact with Gentiles and they, they handled money that had images of Roman emperors on it. And so Pharisees associated tax collecting with idolatry uh, for that reason. So when they asked, um, why do you eat with and drink with tax collectors and sinners? What they're, what they're saying here is that they believe that Jesus and his followers couldn't be true, could not be true men of God if they associated with people like tax collectors. But those are exactly the kind of people that Jesus came for. When he said, when he said that he came to seek and to save the lost, he had tax collectors in mind because he said that after his encounter with Zacchaeus. And you think, you know, in Luke 15, Luke 15, 1, all the tax collectors and sinners were coming and listening to him, and the Pharisees and scribes were complaining, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. And so in response to the Pharisees' complaint that he ate with tax collectors, he told the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son, and he, he stressed that there's special joy in heaven over the salvation of sinners like this, of this kind, like tax collectors. So if they were Jewish and a tax collector, then the Pharisees would have even had a greater hatred for them because they would have seen them as traitors, as traitors uh, yeah. uh, rejecting the, the core beliefs of what they held as important. So yeah. uh, you know, how is that complaint that the Pharisees had seen today? Um, is yeah. that attitude seen today that they had? Uh, you know, look, just look at what, what was the attitude really that we're talking about? Um, you know, it's, it's the attitude that Jesus addressed in some other places. We might, I might want to mention, um, he told a parable about this on, on, in Luke, in, in uh, chapter 18 of Luke, about the, the two men who went to pray. And one was a, a Pharisee mm -hmm. and one was a tax collector. And, uh, you know, you, you know, we know the story or the parable, you know, this Pharisee was standing there, he said, praying um, about himself, you know, he's actually praying to himself, but, you know, saying, God, I, I thank you. I'm not like other people. I'm not like this tax collector over here. And so he's, you know, he's telling, he's telling God all the things that he, that he does and uh, why God should be so pleased with him. So, <laughs> he's, so he's bragging on his he's bragging on his religious credentials yeah yeah god look at me and look at everything i do and look how good i am and so here's the attitude you know, you know it's this this attitude of self-righteousness this attitude of pride of spiritual pride i mean that's it spiritual pride and and that's what jesus attacked i mean that's that's the kind of attitude he attacked when he said you know well in the parable of luke 18 well he says the tax collector who recognized his sinfulness and begged for mercy, that one went to his house justified and not the Pharisee who, who was uh, prideful and, and self-righteous. So that's, that's the attitude, one of, of spiritual pride and self-righteousness. That's the attitude that we're talking about here. It is seen today. Um, and, and I think the antidote to that, the remedy for that is the gospel. It's, it, that's, that's the answer is to, to take a closer look at the gospel, preach the gospel to ourselves, maybe, because it, the gospel will, will address that kind of attitude of spiritual pride and self-righteousness. Uh, sometimes the further we get away from our salvation experience, the less we, for, we remember what it was like to be lost. Yeah. Uh, and that can fuel, unfortunately, can fuel our own spiritual arrogance because we forget that we were sinners 
just as anybody else is. And I think that's one reason it's important for us to, as believers, to have lost folks in our Bible study groups. So we, we remember it's important for us, not just for that lost person, it's important for us as believers so that we can avoid this same kind of attitude of we're better than you. Yeah. And, and so we can be reminded uh, mm-hmm. of, our, of where we've come from. Uh, Mike, one thing I would would want to point out here is there is some things here, uh, another pack item that might be useful, and that's pack item 11. It looks at uh, the idea of what is a disciple. It's an article. One thing that we might do is we might recruit a group member to to take the article, read it, and then present uh, some type of information, uh, present it in some form or fashion, some graphic or whatever, information gained about what it means to be a disciple uh, and then use that contrast the attitude that's seen by the pharisees versus the attitude seen by peter james john and levi now one person we might want to select to do that at least i would is uh, if there's somebody in my group i'm trying to apprentice to become a leader someday if i could ask them to do that that'd be a great way to start and help them just get used to being in front of folks sharing doing a little study a simple assignment that could be used for apprenticing. Mike, um, any other key ideas or thoughts you would share on this particular passage? Yeah, just that um, what Jesus' example in this passage it reminds us as believers that we're not called just to sit in our churches and wait for lost people to come to us. Um, but what, what, he, what he tells us here, what he reminds us of and shows us is that God wants us to go to go and share the good news of the gospel with all people, to go to those who are in need of salvation. And that, in, that involves, that includes those people that we think are unreachable who, or who are the undesirables or, or the, you know, or whatever term you want to put on it. The, the Pharisees had already given up on this. Group yeah. Of folks. Yeah. Those that you would just write off. Um, those are the people that, that God calls us to go to. Not, it's not just sit and, you know, hope and, 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 you know, wait for them to come to us. Our, our role is to go to them with the gospel. That's an important word for us to remember. So many times we do get into the trap of, I go to church, they know where we are, they know we're sitting here, as opposed to us going and inviting and initiating conversations with people about the gospel. Uh, Before we go, let me uh, remind all our listeners about Extra. Extra, we identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news story to introduce and conclude the group time. The file is free, and it works with the group plans and the adult leader guide and the leader helps in the adult daily discipleship guide. These ideas are posted 10 days prior to the suggested use date, and they're posted at this particular uh, website, uh, goexplorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. That's goexplorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. Mike, thank you for being with us today. I appreciate your mm-hmm. insight as always. Uh, thank you for listening to us today as well. And we hope you will encourage other teachers to tune in next week as we look at session 10. We're looking at Luke 5 verses 17.